This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to Living Fearlessly with your host, Lisa McDonald. My mama told me when I was young, we're all on superstars. She pulled my hair with my lipstick on, in a glass of purple dry. Good morning, everybody. Thank you so very much for joining me, rejoining me here again on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. I, of course, am your host, Lisa McDonald, with the Contact Talk Radio Network. Listenership spans to 145 countries, 220 TV radio terrestrial satellites, and the potential for millions of iTunes downloads. Very quickly want to remind people following the live show, you can eventually find the podcast link of my interview of each guest of each week over on C-Suite Radio Network. Want to quickly give a shout out of gratitude to my corporate sponsors, which are inclusive of Forever, Aha That, and Halton Honda. So, who is my guest of today? Well, in fact, this is somebody who I not long ago, about four months ago, have already previously showcased here on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. So, we have the pleasure of welcoming back Joseph Snyder. So, who is Joseph Snyder? Well, what I can tell you is that Joseph is a serial entrepreneur, has been for over 15 years. In his early 20s, Joseph started his career in real estate, then began working in risk management, where he built an agency into 32 states that serves thousands of clients. That was just the beginning of his business success. Now Joseph is the CEO of the publicly traded revolutionary blockchain development company NBDR, based out of Phoenix, Arizona. He has been named top entrepreneur and leading visionary by Entrepreneur Magazine. Joe looks not only to bring Arizona into a wave of tech disruption, but to bring it to the world. His personal business philosophy, be open-minded, work hard, forward-thinking, and create a lifestyle by design. Welcome back to Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. How are you, Joseph? Fantastic, Lisa. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, thank you. You ready for the holidays? I actually am. I actually am. I uh, we're all prepped, and we've got we've got the tree all up, and um, my daughters both play piano, so we have uh, the house full of Christmas music uh, this season. It's very nice. Amazing. Well, all my best to you and your family for a lovely holiday season, and hopefully you get some downtime because I know we're all chomping at the bit for time these days, are we not? <laughs> we're, we're we're doing a few things all at the same time. Just a couple. Yes, we are absolutely. <laughs> so since we uh, showcased you here the last time we spoke, and and thank you for that interview. That was an amazing interview. I got a lot of great feedback on that. Um, What's changed for you? Because we know that you're committed to momentous growth. We know that things are changing in your space on a dime uh, every single day. So why don't you, for the purpose of bringing us all up to speed, why don't you bring us up to what's been in uh, the plans, what's already come to fruition, and what's still forecasted? Sure. Well, I'll uh, I'll tell you what's public knowledge. That's pretty much what I can share. But um, we, you know, since we last talked, we have been um, moving forward very aggressively with our business strategies. Um, you know, we believe that there is uh, a real opportunity for um, companies and businesses in, in, in utilizing these technologies, uh, what we consider to be Web 3.0. And that's that's really this emergence of 
um, Internet of Things, uh, edge edge devices, right? How how information is compiled at the point of of utilization. Uh, mm-hmm. An example of that would be a factory worker with uh, a, a handheld device that's that's scanning scanning a a, a package or somebody that is um, uh, a, a device that's reporting information about um, an energy turbine uh, back to back to uh, the the central hub, you know things like that, uh, mm-hmm. along with the the brains that are now available in the predictive analytics engines and, and, you know, what most people would consider artificial intelligence. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and that suite of technologies, um, the way we see it includes, you know, 5g technology, IOT, uh, artificial intelligence, um, cloud native and cloud hybrid applications, and, and then blockchain, um, utilization for data security and for, um, data execution. And so those are really interesting things. And that's a whole lot of very complex words and a lot of acronyms. But at the end of the day, what we've done um, since we last spoke in, in our mission to further the, the use of these technologies is we are um, actually acquiring some businesses. Um, mm-hmm. We have acquired a, a medical business, um, a medical supplies business that sells equipment to uh, dentists and, and, and the dental field. Um, that business is metadentsupplies.com. And we have um, acquired a, a distribution business um, in order to be able to impact supply chains and in order to be able to offer technology tools to these verticals. You know, one of the things that we saw this year as we looked at all of the different things that people asked us to build or work on, mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. the, you know, you, you know how to do something specific, people come talk to you about it, was that, um, was that a lot of businesses uh, and a lot of even large corporations were not really at a point yet where they had a clear understanding of how these tools, either individually or together, uh, working together, um, impact their business and, and how they make changes to the way business is done. And that, you know, Chris and I, Chris is our CTO, uh, Christopher Brown, you know, Chris and I spent uh, a few days together just kind of going, do, do we, do we see the path more clearly, uh, you know, than, than the people in these industries in some cases. And, Mm -hmm. you know, the answer that we came up with was, was kind of (laughs) yes. And so we felt like, uh, there was an additional opportunity for our company and for our shareholders to, uh, realize that by not only offering technology solutions to these verticals, not only building things for, uh, different verticals, but, uh, owning the way that it gets there as well. And so we've taken massive action on that. Um, you know, we, uh, we have embraced our public company name, which is No Borders, Inc., our, our ticker symbol. We're trading on the OTC market in the U.S. under the ticker symbol NBDR. Mm-hmm. And um, so we now have uh, multiple subsidiaries inside of, inside of No Borders. Um, we have No Borders Dental Resources, which is running our Metadent um, supplies brand, uh, we just announced yesterday the launch of No Borders Naturals, which is uh, which owns the distribution rights um, to to the uh, CBD retail brands that we had spoken about, and um, and Metadent's a great example. You know, we we were able to make a deal to get access to a market, to uh, get access to existing product lines and existing mm-hmm. customer base, 
And right away with that, we rolled out uh, a beta offering to some of those clients um, for an AI-powered customer retention uh, software tool. And wow. It really allows us to come inside of a vertical and have an engagement where people are already used to doing business with us. People are already used to opening our emails and, 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 and reviewing our offerings. And that's a powerful tool for bringing forward some, you know, fairly futuristic tools. Amazing. So for people who are listening to this, and again, you know, we appeal to all kinds of demographics who are in all kinds of various spaces. Um, you know, in terms of breaking this down to a terminology that would resonate with the layman person, uh, including myself here, actually. Um, so in terms of business, you're talking about micro business, you're talking about macro business. We know that you've already gotten people in the fold, people who are repeat customers, people who see what you've done for them the first time in the way in which you're now expanding and extrapolating upon things that have already proven to be successful tools and then just honing it. You know, what types of business owners, because we've got people who are, you know, serial solopreneur, we've got people who are in the personal development space, we've got people who are in the C-suite space, we've got people all over the place, I've got corporate sponsors. So, you know, if it's a vehicle industry, if it's, um, if it's natural products, if it's, uh, you know, can, can you just kind of give us a yeah. list of who this might appeal to in terms of interfacing with you and setting up a consult or a, an initial meeting with you? Absolutely. So that's a very interesting viewpoint. And I'm glad that you asked that question. You know, for, first and foremost, uh, we'll talk to anybody, you know, primarily what we're looking for. So No Borders Labs uh, is our software uh, development bubble, right? Um, Christopher and his teams um, have deep experience in cloud native and cloud hybrid applications. They have uh, played with lots and lots of things around predictive analytics. And, and obviously, uh, blockchain is, is a tool that um, they understand and know how to build um, quite well. And so those uh, skills and that you know, confluence of, of power <laughs> and knowledge that, that we have um, kind of compiled there is very, very interesting. And we use it internally um, to, uh, to do these things, both to analyze deals, to um, empower the customer engagement, re-engagement, marketing, and remarketing of those customer channels and, and, those, and those, those verticals. Um, so for the solopreneurs and, and the small businesses, I would say, you know, if you have um, a, a, an, an Amazon FBA, if you've got an app, if you've got an e-com or something, and uh, you're looking for uh, a place to sell it and have it go somewhere that it's going to be in a very positive, powerful ecosystem and have a lot of additional stability and support um, mm -hmm. to contact us. You know, we are in we are looking for acquisitions and, and we are looking to talk to those people. Um, if you are a person who has what you believe is a very interesting project um, that would require artificial intelligence or blockchain um, or, you know, uh, a, a large scale cloud, you know, solution, something like that. And you're looking for a joint venture. We're definitely interested in talking to those folks. Mm -hmm. Um with the C-suite side of it, uh, I, I love those folks, right? Yes. Uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, I think um, if you're a C-suite person and 
and you're interested in these things, you, you may be all alone in that C-suite. We saw a lot of that this year. You know, one or two people that were very excited about the possibility, and then another room full of people who just didn't quite get it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we believe that's where our opportunity lies, right? Mm-hmm. We believe that, that the fact that there are large groups of people in these industries that don't quite understand how there's value here um, mm-hmm. provides opportunity for us. If you are C-suite and you do see the opportunity and you have something that is impactful that you want built, we, we do take a- external non-joint venture uh, you know, development and, and, and architecture contracts for sure. So we will definitely do that. Our preference, though, is really to joint venture. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the really cool things that we saw um, and, and that we've been introduced to were things that our team looked at each other after you know consulting on it or ideating it or uh, scoping it out or whatever, and we were like, wow, we'd kind of like to be a part of that. That's cool. you know. And mm-hmm. um, so that really informed a lot of our decisions this year to really strategically look and say, how do we buy uh, access to business verticals where we see direct opportunity? And how do we joint venture with the folks that are out there who have a vision and an understanding of what of what these things do? They don't necessarily know exactly how they do it. They don't necessarily know how to you know co- code them up, but um, but they've got a pretty clear idea what they want to do. And I've been using this example for a while because people say, okay, well that's all great, but it's kind of esoteric. You know what what what's an example? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've been using this example for a while. If you have a a turbine right? Any, any kind of a, let's just call it a turbine. You've got mm-hmm. a turbine and it creates energy, right? It runs and it creates energy. And on that turbine, there is a, an IOT device that is reporting back um, data, right? To the central hub saying the turbine is good, the turbine is producing, the turbine is X, Y, and Z. Um, with that, you can then imagine a series of technologies where that turbine has a 5G connection, so now it's you know now it's 5G networked. It has that edge device, and, and probably let's be honest, it already has that edge device in it, right? IoT is not new. This is you know right. Any industrial application, if you're in any um, sort of, uh, of of large business, you know uh, whether it's warehousing or manufacturing or energy um, or healthcare, you know the devices at the edge are are gathering lots and lots of lots of data, and the question quickly becomes, what is the value of that data? How do you utilize it? And how do you make it, how do you make it actionable, right? Data mm-hmm. is only as good as the ability to utilize it to mm-hmm. organization. And so when we think about this example of this turbine with this IoT device that's connected to a, a 5G network, and now all of a sudden we can start to piece together and say, okay, if that turbine is compiling its data via a cloud application, and that cloud application is all of the data on that cloud application is secured by a blockchain identity security layer, mm-hmm. and then when that turbine sends out an error or says, "Hey, I need X, Y, or Z repaired," um, that there is a an artificial intelligence piece or, or predictive analytics brain, and this is a hypothetical, right? It's just an example. Yeah. But there's an artificial intelligence brain. There's a predictive analytics piece that is looking at that data and saying, what needs to what needs to happen here, right? If it, if if and then, right? If if X is happening, then Y needs to what Y needs to occur, and 
taking that and triggering a smart contract back on the, the blockchain. And that smart contract can then issue a purchase order or a work order to the people who need to come out to send out the truck, to send out the repair technician, to come in and whatever, change the oil. And mm -hmm. that repair technician can come out, he can execute the job that needs to be done, and with his edge device, he can confirm that it's been done. And once that happens, you can have an additional smart contract that automatically verifies the completion of that job and issues out payment for those services. Okay, well, let me ask you a question then. So let's substitute the turbine for something a little bit different for a lot of people within the C-suite as well as myself and other entrepreneurs and you know who I'm connected to. So if we change the turbine and we then implement, whether we're talking about um, intellectual property, people's email lists, we're talking about podcasters, podcast links, we're talking about webinar. Is this really like a buffer, infrastructure buffer type system to further protect one's intellectual property? Um, that series of tools that I just described, um, not really, but okay. uh, blockchain, you know, as a immutable ledger is, is really, is really probably perfect for that, right? I think the applications where blockchain fits very organically, you know, Kodak uh, has been building um, a blockchain for photographers to be able to uh, upload and store and, and then monetize their photography work, right? And um, the fact that it's an immutable ledger, the fact that it's a permanent list and record of uh, events, right? Whether that is um, ownership events by creation, whether that is addition events by co collaboration, um, is a very, very, very powerful tool for that. As an example, I was at uh, Data West, which is put on by the San Diego supercomputer uh, folks and, and James Short down there in San Diego. Um, and the Block Lab at, at um, UC San Diego, which J uh, James Short uh, runs, is working on a project with the National Science Foundation to build a scientific research-based blockchain that allows researchers to share their research and share that knowledge and never lose ownership or credit for the ideas that come into it. Both Beautiful. Right, both at origination, right? Hey, this was my idea, I originated it. And mm -hmm. also step-by-step step through the collaboration process. Fantastic. Right? Fantastic. Okay, so so is within within all of this uh, that you have created, Joseph. So is some aspect of this is this like an accelerated, um, more improved version of cloud as well? No, um, I you know cloud is cloud's a part of it. You know, okay. I don't I don't think. I don't think in most cases that, you know, I, I think 2018 was a learning year for the public. I'm going, wait, is, oh, block yes. is blockchain Bitcoin? No, it's not. Okay, let's figure out what the difference is. Um, and uh, and we're very clear, it is it is not Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a use of blockchain, right? Just like, um, you know, Angry Birds is not your operating system on your phone. Angry Birds mm -hmm. is an, an app that utilizes the, the infrastructure of your phone. Um, so... 
we see these tools as a complementary suite. We, we don't believe that in most cases, somebody can walk in and say, I built a blockchain to do X and it does it all by itself. Mm-hmm. Um, we, you know, it's just not that kind of a tool. It is a very interesting tool, uh, but it, you know, it doesn't solve the world's problems. Cloud um, is the way of the future for many, 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 many things. And um, IoT, you know, the, the number of devices that are reporting data in our homes, the number of devices that are reporting data in our work, um, the compilation and analysis of that data and the usability of that data is um, an, inc- an incredible wave of value and power and insight coming forward. Um, blockchain plays a part in that, I think, by um, allowing for identity security by allowing for uh, disparate trust. Mm-hmm. You know, um, people uh, people tried to do this word like trustless and I never got it. You know, it seems, uh, well, that doesn't work, right? You can't mm-hmm. trust less. It can't be trust less. So, you know, I, I, I call it disparate trust, right? Where I'm able to, a scientist in, in Boston is able to put their information into this you know, science blockchain that the Block Lab is working on. And then somebody in, in Milwaukee is able to go in and, and look at that information and add their insight, add their knowledge, add their work. And neither of those people ever have to worry about whether or not the other person takes credit for their work or, you know, whatever. I think there's there's a whole slew of women in the 18th century that would have loved this. Um. Absolutely. <laughs> Hallelujah. I think there's a few Nobel Prizes that would be slightly different. Yes, yes. Okay, well, let me ask you this then. So, you know, with this being a, a, a new entity, this being refined, being honed, being created, you know, all your uh, partnerships, et cetera, all the people that are part and parcel of this. So are you pushing hard in terms of imparting your message and getting on the radar of startups in terms of really um, – impressing upon them the importance. If you're starting up your business, you want to proactively do what the veteran people, the corporate companies are partnering with us on because they see the value, they see the impact, and they see that it, it makes sense. And now we're just, um, you know, we're we're instituting it now. So are you, I, I'm sure you're all over the place with all sectors of people and all sectors of business, but do you, are you trying to push hard in terms of getting your message on the radar of people who are in the startup? Um, yes. So, you know, um, let me, let me think about how to answer that. So absolutely. You know, the, the lifeblood of innovation is the little guy, right? Yeah. The, the fact of the matter is, is C-suites acquire because they cannot create. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's going to be a bunch of people that listen to this. And go, That's not true. We create. Yeah, I know. I know. I get it. But you didn't create Uber, right? Some guy in his underwear did that. And um, so, you know, th- the way that we look at that is we look at it um, and say, how do we show the people who we think actually need these things, how to use them? And so with that, we created the equity token project. And the equity token project, uh, we've got more information and more news coming about that very, very soon. We've got a bunch of additional partners signed up um, to offer services in the equity token project. The equity token project, uh, the idea there 
was we have uh, some friends in Boston named Media Shower. Media Shower is an analyst firm and a um, and an engagement firm and, and a thought leadership uh, company out of Boston, and they do an amazing job. And we've worked with them to create this idea around um, how does a company offer uh, do fundraising, offer equity to investors by utilizing uh, the token economy instead of the traditional, um, you know, convertible debt or, or you know, uh, s- paper share certificate issuance, right? Mm-hmm. And um, we have multiple securities attorneys signed up with, sec- with Equity Token Project now. Um, we have some announcements coming about financial uh, firms coming on to Equity Token Project, advisory firms coming on to Equity Token Project. So that project is specifically designed to uh, cater to startups and be an information portal more than anything else. There's actually really nothing that you can buy on Equity Token Project. It mm-hmm. really is, the idea behind it is a place where we can put together vetted professionals who are real world professionals. They're not hype people. They're not, you know, uh, crypto to the moon, you know, whatever. Um, these people are, 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 are sitting there and saying, these are the current laws. Uh, these are the current legal structures. These are the current investing realities. And here's how we get there. Um, and so and, and that really stemmed from our work with, you know, as as No Borders Labs of being a for hire, you know, blockchain and, and cloud and artificial intelligence company um, and just getting so many phone calls saying, oh, yeah, I, I need I need a blockchain to do this or I want to, you know, I want to tokenize, you know, this. And at the end of the day, it's like, okay, well, have you filed your registration D? Have you, mm-hmm. you know, have you have you talked to a securities attorney? Do you, you know, what state do you want to do this in? Are you doing it onshore in the U.S.? Are you doing it offshore exclusively? You know, there's all of these pieces. Um, have you have you created your thought leadership around your idea? Do you do you have do you have a valid business case behind your idea uh, that's mm-hmm. clearly articulated and beautifully displayed? Um, because those pieces come before the tech in right. many cases, right? You've got right. to have the pieces. And so we, we, I felt like we spent a lot of cycles um, explaining that to people. And so to fix that, we built Equity Token Project where people are going to be able to go first quarter of next year and um, they're going to be able to go in there and get an understanding of how these things work and know which piece they need to go, right? I, oh, I'm at this stage. I need, to, I need to go talk to this securities attorney. Mm-hmm. And hey, here's a list of securities attorneys that are already with the project. There's, they, they're, they offer discounted rates for the project. Um, they've been vetted. And um, we know that they're serious players. Super. Okay, well, let me ask you this when we talk about tokenizing. So is part of your systems that you offer or that's in place, um, again, trying to make this understandable for the layman person who's going to be tuning into this program. So if we look at... <clears throat> you know, tokenizing the system is, are you talking about um, making it on par, relatable, equatable to say a PayPal? So PayPal has done, you know, the exchange of, of money and whatnot through paper certificates, money, uh, as opposed to your system. Like, is this not fall within the umbrella of one of the aspects of business in which you offer services wise? No, that's really that's really not. Um, you know, we we have never we have never dreamed to be a payments provider. You know, I think that I think that those roles are done. 
um, quite well in the world. Um, okay. You know, blockchain, Ethereum would, in my opinion, Ethereum and Bitcoin could be compared to something like, um, you know, Western Union or PayPal, I suppose, because you have the ability to transfer wealth um, person to person, right? That's yeah. kind, kind of the crux of the idea there. And so P2P payments is a, is a is a known and and very real utilization of of tokenization potentially, but more so than that, just you know blockchain um, cryptocurrency. Um, and to be honest, um, the adoption of it is not really uh, there yet. We don't believe. But the mm-hmm. fact of the matter is, is that if you need to transfer money, um, Bitcoin's a better way to do it. Right, you can okay. transfer. You can transfer a hundred million dollars on Bitcoin for like fifty cents. Okay, well, let me let me uh, ask you this. JP Morgan. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay, so let me ask you this. So, is part of the future of artificial intelligence like if you combine the aspect of social consciousness with monies, right, um, and commerce? Now, is there a platform that could be, and I don't know if this is something that's already in existence, if this is something that people are talking about, if this is in the infancy stage for maybe your agency or some other company, um, but would there be something like, you know, when you think of these fundraising initiatives, you know, uh, where you can instantly, for example, Facebook, you know, my birthday, you can create a fundraising event. Uh, I want all my birthday money for anybody who would, you know, ideally wish to buy me a present. I would request and prefer that you kindly donate to the sick children's hospital. Okay. Which is what I did for my birthday. So is there some transference ideology wise with social consciousness coupled with monies where it could become like a a social conscious monies platform like that with fundraising initiatives um you know that is that is absolutely absolutely um you know the the question is is what things are going to get built first and why Right. Um, you know, so if if you go back and look at the the birth of the internet, you know, um, nonprofit websites uh, at the university level were some of the first things on the World Wide Web. Right. But nonprofit websites for little mom and pop dog rescue charities in you know Boise um, were much, much, much farther down the line. Okay. And I, I don't know that that I don't know that that changes. And the reason for that is that at the end of the day, capitalism drives innovation. Mm-hmm. And so that means that the people with the greatest financial reward um, will probably make the greatest financial investments to further the technologies first. And then you will see the the GoDaddies of these technologies show up. And democratize it to where almost anyone can go in, and with a few clicks, they can have their, uh, you know, their their own charity token launched, and they can do a fundraising event, or they can uh, accept illiquid donations from large donors in the form of artwork or 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 illiquid assets, and be able to um, tokenize a percentage of those assets uh, on a, on a security backed basis and and raise liquidity. Very very quickly, those applications are really cool. Um, they're real world right now, but I think it, you know the fact of the matter is is that 
most of this stuff is not yet platforms, right? Most of it is still custom built. Yep. And that difference is kind of the difference between building a website in the early 90s versus building a website on WordPress or GoDaddy today, right? Okay, okay, that makes sense, I get it. Okay, so in, in, in terms of you being an innovator, in terms of you being a creator, in terms of you having a plethora of ideas all at once, that's how your mind works, that's how my mind works, people in the space, for whatever we do similarly or differently, this is how our minds work. So outside of your partnerships, outside of, you know, uh, stakeholders, shareholders, whatever the case may be, what does Joseph Snyder also envision for the future? Even if it's creating a new dimension or add-on for your existing business model, or if it's something completely separate or something that falls under the umbrella, it's got its own niche, uh, but it, it plays well with what you've already currently established for yourself. Where else are you going? What else are you thinking and what else is on the radar? I wish I could tell you that. Um, I actually can't. You know, we, we are a publicly traded company, so I do have legal requirements around reporting and disclosure. Oh, come on, uh, Joseph. I can tell you. <laughs> um, I can tell you just yesterday we, we, we did um, another press release. We announced No Borders Naturals. And No Borders Naturals is uh, a distribution company at the moment. In, in, in the CBD space, we acquired exclusive distribution rights to a CBD line that's manufactured in California. And this is CBD topicals. Uh, these are uh, emu oil-based uh, muscle and joint rubs um, that are specifically designed for um, athletes. And, um, and it's really funny because it's for athletes and the elderly. And you think of those two things as really different, but they actually have a lot of the same problems. Right? Yes, you have, that's you right. Have a lot of, you have a lot of osteo-based problems. You have a lot of joint pain um, and, and, uh, muscle, muscle sort of issues, especially around the joint. And I personally have had two shoulder surgeries. I've had both my shoulders completely rebuilt and I've mm -hmm. done physical therapy. I've done, you know, I, I've, uh, I've been prescribed lots and lots and lots of opiates. Um, in, in, be in, careful in, with that. That's with another that. epidemic. Yeah. And that was, and that was really what, what led me to, uh, you know, my own use, uh, and I live in Cal California, so, uh, you know, it is what it is, but my own use of medical marijuana instead of opiates, uh, right. my own use of these CBD products to manage pain, to manage swelling, to be able to sleep. And, um, and, you know, they have been a gift in my life. Uh, mm -hmm. this particular product that we acquired rights to is a product that I, found uh i am here in california so it, it was it is manufactured you know within uh, 100 miles of my house mm -hmm. um and it's a product that i found i tried it i used it i loved it and i loved it so much that i went back to the owner and i said you know how do i how do i get involved with you guys because this works right mm -hmm. <laughs> and i love a product like that i love being able to organically find something and say this works um solutions that we're looking at in that number one um phenomenal business uh, the Congress just passed uh, the decriminalization of hemp and hemp production and CBD production at the federal level in the Farm Bill a couple of weeks ago. Mm -hmm. So the timing seems pretty good. Uh, <laughs> we were we were already under contract in this deal before that happened, but I think that that shows that we're on the right path there. Mm -hmm. um, and we're looking at that industry uh, very aggressively as we do in the industry, but we're looking at it with multiple sets of glasses. Number one, I'm looking at it as what are what are the margins in this business of selling this product to the public and who are the demographics that need it most and how can i get it to them right okay well let me ask, let me ask you this are you are you interfacing with people who um 
are in solar energy? Are you interfacing with farmers mm-hmm. in terms of wheat? Uh, you know, uh, have you thought about that? Have you already connected with these kinds of people, knowing uh, the wave of the future in other aspects, in terms of climate consciousness, global consciousness? We we get we get. I want to say we get contacted by lots of people for lots of reasons. Okay. Uh, Wheat specifically has not come up, so I'll I'll say no to that. Uh, I'm hey to all the wheat people out there. Um, I don't know what I don't know. Would love to talk to you. Uh, yeah, wheat's a big one. Honestly, wheat is a big one. Wheat's and a big... and water. You know, like are you, are you connecting with desalination plants? Water's you know, huge. I'd be water's huge. Well, I was at um, <clears throat> about six months ago. I was at a water convention in um, in Las Vegas. Um, I uh, I have some direct involvement that I've that I've had direct engagements that I've had with the with the local water authorities here in mm-hmm. California where I live. Um, water's water's very very interesting. Are you interfacing with people in the Middle East? You know, Dubai. Um, you know, I, you should be for we, what you're doing. You should. We've be. had we've had some interesting, you know, we've had some interesting, uh, phone calls. We, we field a lot of inbound queries okay. and the question for us becomes, you know, what, what are the things that are most interesting to us? What are the things that we see that have the greatest impact? And, and when we're saying impact, understand social good <clears throat> is vitally important to us. My daughters have to live on this planet after we're gone. Yep. Um, but we also have to make money. I'm a for-profit corporation. Yeah, and, no, I get it. You know, and so we 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 are uh, con- constantly bombarded with um, questions, and we'd love to answer those questions. We're constantly presented with opportunities, and our uh, our responsibility <clears throat> is to vet those uh, deals and vet those mm-hmm. opportunities, and p- pick the pick the ones that we do want to play with, and the ones that we believe have the most financial and uh, overall impact. And I I get what you say wholeheartedly because I'm the same way too. It's got to convert. You know, this isn't a hobby for me in terms of what I do, which is out of the realm of what it is you specifically do. Um, But I mean, for all the nonprofits that exist and when we, we look at, you know, how do we help somebody solve the problem with their pain or their issue or their challenge or their concern for as many people in the nonprofit space who are tackling that and doing it successfully, you know, there are people in the corporate world, in the for-profit space who are doing the same thing. So it's, you know, looking at who's already doing it in the nonprofit and then finding out who's doing it also in, in the for-profit. And so when you look at world resources, when you look at where things are going to fall short or where people are really strategizing now in terms of, um, you know, contingency plans or coming up with forecasted deficits or shortages, whether you're talking about food or water or energy or, you know, you look at the problems that are systemically going on in this world right now, like, you know, or or vaccinations or opioids or you take a look at these social issues, but it's also plays into health and well-being, which also plays into, again, forecasted shortages. I mean, I'm already seeing on the news that there's a shortage of EpiPens, right? There's a there's a shortage of um, 
certain vaccinations. There's a shortage of all kinds of things. And, it, you know, regardless of where you philosophically sit on that, a lot of people don't vaccinate their kids. A lot of people do vaccinate their kids. A lot of people uh, require for themselves or for their family members an EpiPen. Not everybody does. But when you look at overall forecasted shortages and people can't, you know, corporations can't keep up with the demand of supply, these are the people you want to, I mean, this is a goldmine for you. Um, <clears throat> well, the, <laughs> uh, well, first of all, the cynic in me raises his head when the minute we say corporations can't keep up with the demand of supply, I, I think, um, <clears throat> or okay. The, okay, but okay. Let me, let me just I, say that though, even if it's from an optics perspective, you know, to keep people suppressed in their knowledge or, or being, um, critical in their thinking, even from a marketing standpoint or an optics standpoint, because I mean, what sells fear and consumption, right? So, I mean, even if it's just a marketing tool or a strategy, there are legitimate needs as to the variance or the degree or the authenticity of that need and right. how much that, and right? The and the transparency of yes. the information, right? Yes. And that's And that's where a lot of these tools, you know, come in. You know, I think, you know, they don't talk about it very much. I think Overstock is probably the company that talks about blockchain the most, you know, the big company that talks about blockchain the most and really has, has pushed farther into it than almost anybody. Um, but Walmart is actually probably farther along the road of actual utilization of supply chain blockchain infrastructure than probably anybody else in the world, maybe Maersk and, and Walmart. Um, mm -hmm. but, but Walmart's right there at the top. And, and they're not talking about it very much. Um, we believe that is actually a big part of the story. Mm -hmm. You know, lar large organizations that find a better way to do things don't yeah. typically run around and yell it from the rooftops. Of course not. They want to keep that close to their chest, right? Right. They want that tactical advantage. And one thing that that these large co corporations are, are phenomenal. At, look, I I love I, I people can love it, hate it, whatever. I love Walmart. Right. Mm -hmm. I think I think you, you look at this story and you look at this trajectory and you look at the simplicity of this. You know, Walmart, when when Sam Walton was alive, if you went to the Walmart headquarters to go to a board meeting, you walked into a warehouse and you sat down at plastic folding tables from Walmart. <laughs> Right. Love it. If, if you wanted to go to a board meeting at Target, you pulled up uh, on Target Way or whatever the name of the road was to this massive rotunda of water fountains and this giant corporate edifice to glory and wealth. And you rode this elevator past security to this, you know, gilded uh, mahogany boardroom. Mm -hmm. And the, the result set there is vastly different. Yes. You know, Kmart Sears Holding is an absolute disaster of a joke that just got approval to pay $28.5 million in bonuses to their executives during their bankruptcy proceedings. Mm -hmm. and, and Walmart is, you know, one of the largest corporations and most successful corporations in the world. And that difference is about looking at the things that you do on a daily basis in your organization and saying, what is a better way? What is, how do we improve the system that delivers this to us? How do we improve the system that produces this? How do we improve the system that produces the raw materials that produce this? Mm -hmm. And as we improve those systems, as we mitigate waste, as we reduce the need for uh, human inspection uh, of things, as we reduce the need for um, multiple party uh, you know, uh, uh, agreement on security, um, as we automate the things around the, the trust systems and the data systems, we can reduce costs in supply chains. We can reduce the cost of doing business. Um, 
if you're able to cut the cost of a supply chain inspection in, in healthcare by a couple of percentage points, you're talking about billions and billions of dollars across an ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Do you have a partnership with uh, the postal system? I do not. I think that's another target for you because I, I can't speak for the states, but in Canada, we're, Canada Post is always in some form of arbitration or, you know, uh, you know people thinking from whatever perspective or, or hat role they play within that relationship. Um, that, you know, there's a lot of loopholes, there's a lot of gaps, there's a lot of, you know, people not happy, there's a lot of things that well, need there's to be. Well, there's a lot of logistics, right? You know, I, I yeah. would say as far as, as far as that style of the logistics goes, I think, you know, um, FedEx is pretty, pretty aggressive down that road uh, of yeah. looking at these things. You know, we've, we've, uh, we've chatted with, um, with the, some of the FedEx people um, down, down South and, and talked to, uh, some of their teams at the university. They have a, they have kind of a, a, a partnership with the university down there. Um, that's, that's pretty interesting. And, and they do some very, very cool things and, and they're, they're very aggressively using these technologies. You know, FedEx is a huge and, and, you know, UPS and DHL as well, but FedEx, I know about, you know, directly, um, you know, they're a huge IOT user, right? They, mm-hmm. they, they, they that, that company, that network creates a vast amount of data every single day. Mm-hmm. And they are, they are aggressively looking at how they use um, all of these technologies uh, more effectively and more efficiently to, uh, to reduce their costs and improve their results. Okay, well, let me ask you this. I mean, everybody knows that Amazon's the big deal here. Like, you know, would they have some, something like, because I don't know what your competitor base is like. I don't know if what you're doing is cutting edge and other people who would seemingly be contrasted as your so-called competition if they're now seeing that you are the forerunners in this. But for an Amazon, a huge giant, you know, these people have got it down pat. I mean, have you, would you be dealing possibly with the Amazons of the world as well? Or do the Amazons have their own infrastructure and they don't need to outsource or partner up with anybody else? I mean, they I, don't I, think, know. I think most of these, you know, at, at the end of the day, uh, cons- consultants get used because companies want some specialized knowledge. And so right. we'll, we'll, we'll be happy to consult uh, with, with pretty much anybody that, that wants to ask questions because those are fun things to do and, and it happens that they make money. Um, right. But, you know, at, 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 talking about Amazon, it gives us an opportunity to talk about this is not a single thing. No, I and get that. What I, I mean that. by that, sure. What I mean by that is, um, Amazon is at the absolute leading edge, in my opinion, of um, the deployment and launch of blockchains on cloud. Mm-hmm. And you know they have an entire. You know, first of all, I think most of the the, the blockchain applications and things um, are 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 backend hosted um, by AWS. AWS has a whole series of of uh, things built. For um, for blockchains, mm-hmm. and um, and everybody else in that space has offerings that they're bringing to bear. You know, IBM has their own cloud, Cisco has their own cloud, G- uh, Google has their own you know GCP cloud, um, and they uh, Microsoft has Azure, and they all have offerings for an incredible amount of things uh, that 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 cloud hosting and cloud architecture, cloud infrastructure do. But Amazon is is probably at at the the very very top uh, of that pack, especially when it comes to to blockchain. I don't know what Amazon is doing with these technologies internally. 
But I know mm-hmm. that they see the value in providing um, easy to use and, and turnkey tools to the people that are deploying these technologies for sure. Okay, fantastic. Well, listen, Joseph, this time always goes far too quickly for my liking. And that's not to say <laughs> that you're not welcome to come back because we could talk about this at nauseum. Um, but I want to thank you for the gift of your time. And before we quickly wrap up here, where can people reach you? Uh, so you can reach us uh, at nbdr.co uh, is the website. Uh, we're on Twitter uh, at nbdrceo is my Twitter um, at no borders nbdr. Um, Twitter's probably where we're most active uh, socially, but you can also find videos about our company on YouTube. And we are traded on the OTC market here in the U.S. under the ticker symbol uh, nbdr. Nancy Bravo Delta Robert. Fantastic. Well, you and I should talk behind the scenes at a later point, but not too far off, uh, because I've got a new system in my business model that I think could complement what it is that you're doing in terms of getting your message even further out there. Um, So I just want to say once again, Joseph, thanks so much for everything. Really appreciate that we've had these uh, back-to-back interviews in the span of four months. It's been a learning curve for me. Uh, So thank you for growing me and challenging me in my own uh, awareness. So thank you. To my listening audience... Yeah, this has been awesome. For my listening audience, I want to thank you once again uh, for joining in here, living fearlessly with Lisa McDonald every Friday. I also want to thank my corporate sponsors once again, AHA That Forever and Halton Honda. And I want to wish everybody a very safe, happy holiday season. And I look forward to being back here joining you in the new year. Okay, take care. All my best. And don't forget to find the podcast Uh, link of my interview of my guest of each week over on C-Suite Radio Network. Very clear my purpose here, uplift you to fear less and to live more. All my best, love and gratitude. Take care. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Living Fearlessly with your host, Lisa McDonald. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.